Zach Johnson, and you're listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. We've got Mr. Dylan Carpenter, your co-host. How you doing today, Dylan? Doing pretty good on this fine Thursday afternoon, man. Can't complain over here. Good, 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 man. Well, I'm excited. Well, we're all about bringing you the best media buyers today and diving into the winning ads and the losing ads. We're going to roast some shitty ads today. Dylan, are you ready for it? Man, I look forward to this every single week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we've got a pretty, pretty epic um, guest who's who's been uh, behind some some pretty big names and influencers i think in the online uh marketing space you want to you want to do the intro kick us off dylan yeah most definitely i mean you said it best we do have an absolute savage when it comes to the paid traffic world former director of advertising at traffic and funnels i know y'all have heard of them and currently the co-founder and ceo of the human media group you know i want to say under his belt he's got about 42 million spend um you know he kind of sits behind the curtain but i guarantee you've seen some of those ads because they are juicy but yeah, welcome to the show, Ashton, man. Thanks for coming on. Yo, what's going on, guys? Good to be here. Good to hear. Well, hey, we'd love to kind of, you know, have you introduce yourself, give everybody a little bit of kind of what you're getting into in your world over there kind of at this time. Absolutely, man. It's uh, It's been a crazy 2020, among other things happening around the world. But uh, currently, the as you said, the co-founder and CEO of Human Media Group. And um, we're a brand new agency, man. We started, I mean, only about six months ago. Um, but we've been growing very, very rapidly in the info and e-commerce spaces. And it's been really fun, dude. We've hired, I mean, in the past 30 days, we've probably hired about eight people. We're constantly building team right now. And uh, it's been exciting stuff. Heck yeah. What, what kind of accounts are y'all working on these days? Um, well, dude, we've been working, you know, there's client accounts in the e-commerce space like uh, Redline Steel, a huge steel home decor manufacturing company. Um, we've been also working with uh, some, you know, names I'm sure you guys know of, like Dan Henry and a bunch of other people that have been on stages uh, at the ClickFunnels Awards. Um, it's been exciting, dude. People kind of just uh, have flocked in. Um, I was telling uh, someone the other day, it was uh, it was funny just because one of my passions is building stuff and growing stuff. But since we started the agency, we haven't had to do any kind of outreach. And so uh, we've just been kind of stuffed to our gills busy. Man, that's super snazzy. What do y'all think y'all are managing a month currently? Right now, we manage about $2.6 a month in spend. Ooh, what do you think you're going to hit in Q4? That's that's a juicy number I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I think, um, you know, for some of the – I've just – been wrapping up some of the q4 budgeting and plannings i think dude i think we'll probably be hitting around maybe 15 million a month in q4 <laughs> oh man i think you just took the top of the chart from who we've had on the podcast so far <laughs> <laughs> it's been exciting stuff man uh, our clients have seen some really big growth recently and and we're kind of just locking in all these structures so it's fun I'm sorry if my my little son is uh crying in the background he's tired of being at home <laughs> he's, a, he's a guest on the today's show what's his name his name's roman Roman. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Roman. <laughs> uh, awesome. Let's dive into this rich ad, man. Thank you, Asha, for this is like an epic ad. Let's dive into it. Here we go. So, yes, yeah, so everybody has some context. We have a Chesterfield Smokes. Looks like an old school magazine ad. Blow some my way. I think you mentioned from the 1930s. Let's go ahead and take it away and I know you mentioned it's kind of made an impact on you. So let's hear the story behind it, man. Yeah, man. I, I love this ad. This ad is actually from 1928. Um, and 
this uh i've taught on this ad quite a few times there's a as you guys know of marketing nerds uh you guys have heard of eugene schwartz's sophistication and awareness levels and um so i love about this ad because during this time um tobacco companies were kind of at the the dominance of advertising right these guys were multi-billion dollar titans and they were all battling it out and this was really before you know the government passed all these laws that they can't really do advertising and stuff like that and uh at this time man these companies are spending millions of dollars on advertising and you kind of have heard all of the claims it's kind of you're starting to reach as eugene schwartz talks about is the you know basically fifth stage of sophistication Right. The market has heard every offer, every little promise about cigarettes, which one tastes better, which one has better filters. This is a long filter. This has a short filter. And then they start doing, you know, we don't need any filters. Right. They, they come out with all these different pitches. And this is a perfect example of what to do in the stage five of advertising, especially around this time, because for it wasn't necessarily uh, uh, good manners for women to smoke at this time it was mostly a men's product and so chesterfield came out with this ad um of kind of completely changing the script no longer product focused no longer promise focused but they've switched it to now make it almost a sexual appeal attraction women smoke right and women like actually smoking and so they're like perfectly hinting at this point where it's not like she's smoking in the ad but they're talking about how you know, she's asking for some of the smoke to blow her away. It's almost a, hey, if you smoke, it's it's almost sexy. And women like to smoke too. And and uh, in the actual article uh, where this ad was posted, it talks a little bit about how she won't just want a whiff kind of thing. And uh, I think it was a perfect example of when your market's heard all the claims and all the promises, you completely change the angle and now it's sexifying it, right? We saw the same thing with like Axe body spray mm-hmm. where – there, it's not like that. It just smells good. It's like if you if you spray this, when women will be just uncontrolled, right? They'll just like flock and grab you, and it's uh, it's completely changing the advertising angle, and I love it. Oh yeah, and I mean even the the whole view from it, the full moon on the rocks with the ocean, they really yep. try to make you feel a certain way with this. And it's you know from what you mentioned, you know rather than going for those perks, hey filters, no filters. I mean this is a complete different angle, which probably just really created a different kind of feeling for most people who are kind of viewing this ad i would imagine 100 percent, man they're seeing this and they're going man how cool would it be if i was you know on a date and she's like attracted by what i'm doing with smoke right and then we'll smoke together under the moonlight you know it's 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 brilliant work of advertising i would love to be able to see what kind of numbers this actually did for them too right i'd be yeah. 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 I, I, I'm wondering too. I do know that this is, uh, this was one of those ads that started to change the industry as a whole. Uh, shortly after this, you started to see the other, like Lucky and stuff like that, start coming out with advertising more towards women. And they're starting to break that little, it's, uh, you know, it's not right for women to smoke. This ad started to change some of that. And uh, companies started coming out with more advertising for women. Now, now you mentioned this kind of at a stage five level um, a little bit earlier. What do you kind of mean by that when it comes to this type of marketing here? 100%. So Eugene Schwartz talks about how there's really five stages of sophistication. And, you know, ultimately, like, for example, one is like there's no competitors. You're brand new. You're first to the market. You're coming up with someone that something that no one's ever thought of before. Stage two is where you're like, 
pretty much there. You're starting to get into the market. There might be a couple other competitors, but you're pretty much in a new market. So, you know, example, like Tesla saying, you know, Tesla's all new, all electric vehicle. They weren't the first ones to create an all electric vehicle, but they were pretty much, it was still a pretty brand new product. So all they got to do is introduce their name. Stage three, that's when you start introducing a little mechanisms, right? Something that makes it a little, you know, a little sexy. So like Tesla introduced the Tesla Model 3. It's, there's plenty of electric vehicles, but now they can go get an electric vehicle without breaking the bank. It's a, it's affordable, mm-hmm. right? Stage four is more around the idea of you're, you're kind of emphasizing on the mechanism, but you're almost uh, avoiding or like saying that you've solved it without another issue. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where you're saying get X without doing X or stuff like that, right? And then stage five is essentially the the market's heard every promise and every angle that people come out with. And it's almost a dead market um, to where if you just did an advertisement, people would almost just ignore it. That's when you got to come out with something that's completely different and changing the angle of advertising. And, you know, like for our ad example, sexifying it instead of talking about the product itself. Man, I love that. And, and I think a, a good example for the more modern day um, scenario of this is probably the Harmon Brothers, like the Squatty Potty. I, that's that was just such a crazy video that went so viral that probably did so many sales. But it was such a different approach on advertising. Most brands kind of, you know, take it away with. And I feel like they changed the game 100 percent there. 100 percent, man. And that's and that's really what ultimately it's going to have to be until you come out with a new product is you're going to have to change the angles. And uh, it's, that's when you start to see really incredible advertising come out. Well, man, this is, this is the oldest ad we've had on here so far. And my gosh, does it make a statement? <laughs> right. And that's the craziest part is, you know, this ad itself, how long, you know, back then it's not like Facebook, you know, they had think tanks and it took months of work and, you know, the artistry and rechanging the copy. And it's crazy to think to me that this ad right here could have easily taken them four months to do but it's one sentence, four words, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's what I love to, you know, about reviewing old school copy is just, you know, that they put in the work. And, and a lot of times today, you know, we just hop online, write an ad in 30 minutes and spend money. <laughs> oh, for sure. The, the amount of manpower behind this is probably unreal. That overlay text took months, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, heck yeah, that's that's quite a rich ad right there. And I mean, I'm sure that made them millions back in the day, without a doubt. But let's go ahead and take a step out and, you know, go ahead and dive into this poor ad. And I feel like we need to roast something really good. This ad brought back some good sentimental values. But let's go ahead and just find one to just kind of talk <laughs> shit about. So, Ashton, I sent it to your email. Go ahead and open that bad boy. Already? hopefully you're in the market for egg incubators um you never know but go ahead and give us your first thoughts on this just super oh man okay (laughs) i just opened it uh okay so this is an ad from alibaba and uh uh says save your time and money on global product sourcing choose from the world's largest supplier base and enjoy full order protection and it's got this picture i don't even know what that is it's like it looks like maybe a container for eggs. Uh, and yeah. I think I only think that because they have this pick art looking chiclet next to this massive box. <laughs> and it's the it's- headline says e- egg incubators for sale. Get latest price now. 
Wow. How did you even come across <laughs> wow. this one? They targeted you. You interested in eggs, bro? <laughs> I don't remember how I came across this one, to be honest. But I'm like, <laughs> man, this is probably one of the most irrelevant ads. And, and I get it from Alibaba's perspective. Let's just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. But egg incubators of all things. I mean, if they didn't have it in the actual headline, I would have had no clue what this was, to be completely honest. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it, it took me a second. Um, it's so confusing, mainly like, so you have a headline, right, that says egg incubators for sale. Uh, and you have this picture of this box that, okay, I can I can kind of see that. But like, the first thing I read was the actual copy, right, that says save your time and money on global product sourcing. What the hell does that have to do with egg incubators? <laughs> I don't know, man. But... <laughs> That their targeting had to have been pretty trashy. Um, their image was captivating. I will give them that. But man, it's like they went to Microsoft PowerPoint and just like add some random photos on there or something because that's just terrible. <laughs> I love the fact that the image has a watermarked logo, right? It's, it's, it's the logo Yang Fing in the top that says since 1978, but the ad's from Alibaba. I'm so confused. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's 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 a good definition of a poor ad we'd like to bring on the podcast right there. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, yeah, super confusing. I almost would want to click to learn more just because I'm so confused. <laughs> oh, and, and I, I did, and it took me just to a product page of nothing egg incubator related. It was yeah, it it just linked to this a million products. So unfortunately, it wasn't very. This solid. is what we call a poor use of dynamic creative. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well now that we got that out of the way zach <laughs> i i know you're gonna you love this part of the podcast man um the financial principles you know go ahead and take that away zach tell everybody what they want to hear go ahead and you know squash it down <laughs> uh yeah so actually every time on the show we we like to share with marketers and advertisers just a few financial principles for for scaling their ads managing their cash whether it's leveraging equity or debt like um you know you've seen me into quite a bit of of accounts and businesses that are that are spending pretty big so what advice do you have for somebody that's looking to scale um and uh, what would be the financial principle that they need to adhere to yeah man um you know, ultimately, dude, I think, especially with the brands that I worked with and the and the companies that are really that start to take market share, right? Not the ones that just, uh, you know, have this little operation, but ones that are actually gaining attention and taking market share. Um, those are the guys who can really base their decisions today on what's going to happen 90 days from now. Um, even companies like uh, Agora Financial, um, I don't know if you know them, kind of small startup company. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. They're like twenty billion dollar <laughs> financial financial uh, company, but um, essentially, you know, the, when they talk in marketing, their teams they only the, when they talk about you know what's our what's our affordable cost per acquisition of a customer, they look at their six month lifetime value, and that's all they base it off of. And so everything they spend today, and they can spend an exorbitant amount of money, which they do. Um, is based on what they're going to get six months from now. And I think that's so key for businesses. I think too many businesses today are working day to day. What was my ROAS today? What am I getting back this week? What is my ingoing and outgoing right now? 
but the ones who are really doing market share and great gaining ground like even amazon right amazon beat everyone because they can afford to pay for everything they started uh recently they started like their own little food delivery service and all they did was they cut the prices of uber eats and postmates and all those other uh, competitors in half and they lost money for like six months uh killing their entire competition and suffocating them because they could afford to pay for it and now what do they have they have all these other competitors that will just die off and they'll stand up and then they just increase the prices that's that's like that's the that's power dynamics right there and that's long-term thinking and strategy at a high level that you know companies really need to start thinking in now especially because they are in a world where they're competing against amazon and every other competitor right so you've got to figure out ways to beat your competitors and i think that long-term vision is ultimately the key and how do you actually break that down you know for your clients right like you're you're not only managing their spend, but you're also playing, you know, advisor to these things. I mean, do your clients actually adhere to that? Or like, I know a lot of people would love to spend, you know, off their six month LTV, but they just don't have the LTV to do it, or or they don't have the, the, the bankroll to do it. So how do you see this, you know, playing out for, you know, a, a typical seven or eight figure brand. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple, a couple of ways that you go about it. You know, one, the obvious thing is, do you actually have things to like six months, people six months from now, are they still even getting marketing from you? Um, that's the, that's a, the first step is, do you actually have a journey that goes beyond seven days or a 14 day email follow-up? Um, you have to be continually re-engaging your market whether through advertising or just in backend, right? With uh, if you have a sales team calling them or email marketing, you got to have multiple touch points. Um, that's typically the first thing is that their touch points are limited to just a Facebook ad and just email, you know, something like that, or sometimes it's just, just Facebook. And so if you're not re-engaging them long-term, that's the first key. The second key though, you know, if you don't have the money to do it, then it's looking at things like, could you have, could you get a venture? You know, could you join a, a partnership there or could you get a line of credit? You know, one big thing that, you know, a lot of companies now are doing is getting financing or some kind of loan payment because even if they had the cash is because they're doing it because cash like in their business, hard cash is more valuable than the three or four or 5% interest rate that you're going to get over the long term. Or even, you know, right now with COVID and everything else going on, uh, your rates are so much better. And so if you can afford even in the front end to get some kind of financing for long term so that you can actually grow the business long term, uh, I mean, that's going to be ultimately get you there a lot faster than just pouring your own hard cash into the business when really you should be investing that that cash itself into other areas besides just like advertising or something like that. Yeah, I think the real estate industry, you know, does a good job of, you know, teaching the principles of always use, you know, OPM, other people's money, right? Like everybody that's ever, you know, wanted to flip a house or do a deal, they like, it is baked in to that model to use OPM. And I think we're just now coming into it uh, in the world of advertising of like, hey, maybe there is an OPM here in advertising. Like maybe, maybe I don't, you know, have to bankroll this whole thing off of my own cash flow or maybe there's ways to do you know joint ventures or venture or leveraging debt or um or just you know 
leveraging you know partnerships uh in, in a smarter way 100 percent. i mean what did we see just recently even with tesla elon musk you know uh, it's, it's the same reason why you know every w- real estate investor i know it's like they're not following this dave ramsey idea that debt is evil they understand how to use debt and elon musk even when he had millions and millions of dollars in the bank billions of dollars in the bank the dude last year was still going out for like half a billion dollar loan why is that because he wants to leverage other people's money and that is money is more valuable investing and growing the business uh and so if you ever have the chance why wouldn't you use it you know that you if you're going to pay an eight percent interest rate or ten percent well could you invest your hard cash or better use of your time and get back a 20 percent return easy let's do it and and if the answer is no, right, I think there's a confidence here, right? Like, I think if you're, you know, you got a confidence score of 70, 80% that you can, like, you should do it. But if it's less than 50%, yeah. <laughs> I think I could make money. Like, don't, you should not do that, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, gosh, I also want to make a political statement, but I mean, just look at the U.S. government. <laughs> look at the U.S. government, dude. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> so in debt right i mean it's just like we've it's fueled our growth for so long um, <laughs> like that's for another I'm trying podcast. to get us into some federal reserve conspiracy theories over here <laughs> yeah. yeah uh yeah I, th- I think that's solid and how how does somebody get get clear on their 30 you know, 60, yep. 90 days, six months LTV. What are some tools that, that you recommend your clients um, that that are fairly easy to work with, right? Because mm-hmm. like you're starting to enter into a, a pretty big attribution nightmare. I only know this because <laughs> I spent a half a million dollars building one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Early days of funnel dash. But um, but yeah, what 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 are some of the latest tools? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, the basic one, if you, you know, so this com- you don't have a budget or something like that, the simplest place is, you know, do what you can with Google Analytics using UTM parameters. You know, you can kind of track these customers through multiple different pipelines as long as they're being tracked correctly. Uh, you know, that's kind of the simplest form. But, uh, you know, I, the two softwares that I really enjoy, one is Wicked Reporting. I actually really like Wicked Reporting. Um, I think they do a pretty good job. Um, they're still relatively a new company. And so, um, you kind of have some times of those new company stuff, but the coolest part is, you know, in the past, um, you know, when I had some very large clients working with them and there was, uh, you know, something that we needed, they built it for us and it was super helpful. But anyway, you know, with UTM, uh, tracking parameters, uh, with wicked, I really like them, a new company that, uh, is still kind of starting, but I was like, I wouldn't sleep on them is Hyros, um, with Alex Becker. He's a the CEO over there and the, I've been on several of our clients accounts. And as far as attribution goes, it is incredible. I've never seen anything better than it. Um, uh, and they're, they're building out a lot of the usability with the ad side as well of, um, being able to actually operate and, physically manage the ads from the high rose portal. Um, Mm. But that's in the future. But as far as attribution goes, it's incredible. I've never seen anything better than it. Um, And the scary thing is, is how off you realize the attribution is on Facebook. Um, 
it, it's crazy how off the pixel is reporting it or where they're attribute, uh, attributing sales to. Um, dude, I mean, you'll see campaigns that you think are crushing it and you go into high risk and you realize it, you're bleeding money from that campaign. <laughs> <laughs> now, how would you say Hyros is different than Wicked Reports? So, I so as far as it's really kind of set up for uh, the lead generation spaces. Um, so, whereas Wicked is kind of built more for e-commerce or where it's kind of a very hard last-click model, uh, Hyros is built much more for uh, really good attribution for you know first-click, first impression. Uh, last click and then it has an even kind of like a a scientific field that i haven't experimented with a ton but it's kind of uh it's using an algorithm to best just direct you where the money's come whether that was a first click or last click so it kind of uses like attribution windows more to kind of give you more of a better look at where the attribution really came from um but uh you know, I would say when if you are a company that has multiple layers that a customer might have to go through before it gets a purchase or revenue attributed, especially if it's like from a lead generation uh, funnel, then Hyros is incredible at really telling you where that originally came from. And I think he's local in Austin too, Alex Becker. Wants we'll, we'll to get him on this bad boy too one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll send him this podcast. Hey, you want to sponsor this? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me uh, insert Alex Becker advertising yeah, just here. Give me that referral link at some point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Ashton. This is this has been absolutely killer. Uh, you're doing awesome things um, in the agency, and congrats on the early success. I mean, you're managing some 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 big ad budgets over there. So, killer. So-